this morning's going to look a little different. So we're going to have a few conversations um, and hopefully get a window into some lives in the life of Calvary Baptist. So our first conversation we're going to have is with Lexi. So welcome, Lexi. It's great to have you. Uh, Lexi and I connected through uh, our youth ministry here, and I'm still not sure the full story of how you actually found out about Calvary Youth, but all I know is that we met and you quickly became a part of our youth family and a really crucial part of our youth family, and I'm really fascinated by your life and what you're up to um, as you follow Jesus and you're involved in the community and uh, with the church as well. So before we jump in, tell us a little bit about uh, a little bit about your upbringing and uh, kind of your early life and how that shaped you. For sure. Well, I'll just start off really quickly on how I found the youth group at Calvary. I was like, you know, it's in COVID. We're in COVID. I haven't been in a community of fellow Christians my age. So I'm going to Google and see what youth groups are in Coquitlam. And <laughs> by the grace of God, I found Calvary and ended up here. And I've been here ever since for the past year. But going way back to when I was a kid, my, I was actually born in Oklahoma, which is the state on top of Texas, which means it's the top of the Bible Belt. Mm. I'm not sure if some of you have heard of that, but it's a place in the south where there's a church on every corner, and there are probably more churches than McDonald's. So oh. that was a good place for me to grow up because, you know, God and my faith was always something that was so prominent in my family and also in my community. And my parents are actually from Zimbabwe, which is in southern Africa. And over there, you know, Catholicism is the main religion that's over there. So mm. my parents were brought up that way, and they were still able to, you know, keep me in the faith and introduce God to me at an early point in my life. And that's how I have such a strong foundation in my faith. And my faith actually is the way that I've gotten into a lot of things that I'm working in now. So one fun story that I tell is that when I was four years old, I went to a Bible study. Um, they called it Beach Beatitudes because it was a spring break Bible study camp. And the first time that I ever spoke in front of the, in front of people or in front of my church was when I did a prayer. So it's how I've gotten the confidence to do a lot of the things that I'm doing now. So cool. And yeah, it's just so interesting the way God introduces us to different people and kind of crosses over stories. And so we're really grateful to have you with us. Uh, if we zoom in a little bit, can we just talk a little bit about like your current kind of moment? Like what are you passionate about and what are you involved in? And even throughout the season, like where we're finding it's really difficult to kind of find an area that we can make an impact through COVID. Uh, do you have an encouragement for us as we kind of seek to, as Christians, get in, into our community and love people? Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, the biggest encouragement that I constantly tell myself every day is that God gave us each gifts, and it's just a matter of the timing of when we really come into fruition and believe mm -hmm. that God gave me this and I'm going to work and use it in my life and, you know, preach to other people, whether it's through words or through your actions. So one thing that I'm really passionate about right now, and actually since I was a kid, is helping other people. So mm -hmm. I try to volunteer as much as I can, whether it's, you know, in my house, if I'm picking up an extra chore or something like that, or if it's at school, you know, joining clubs or starting recycling initiatives, or even in my community at large. So I remember early on in COVID, it really exposed a lot of disparities in the community. So one thing that I did was I worked on a food drive for people in need. So just mm -hmm. doing anything that, you know, I can do to feel like I know that not everyone right now is in the best place and, you know, 
life is upside down right now with COVID, but I'm still gonna do what I can and make do with what I have. So other initiatives that I've done is I'm also um, a columnist and a projects manager for a, uh, an organization called the Indigenous Foundation. You know, mm. so just trying to expose other people's stories because that's truly how we connect as people is through sharing stories and through helping others. So those are just a few things that I'm working on right now that I'm very very passionate about. Yeah, that's so cool. And I think as we head into 2022, I know for a lot of us and for myself included, we're trying to find ways to. Um, serve others. And I think for a long time, it's kind of been about keeping afloat ourselves through a really difficult season. Um, and I often believe that it's through serving others that we're uplifted ourselves. And so it's rude that like, that's something I see clearly in your life. And I think it's a blessing to the church in general. Um, okay. So we're looking ahead. It's a new year, 2022, who knows what it's going to hold. 2021 was wild. So 2022 could be interesting. What are you kind of excited about as you look ahead into the next year? Yeah, well, I'm actually, my year, two days in, has been looking pretty good so far. So, <laughs> Come on. Yeah, exactly. The most exciting news that I've gotten is I've actually been accepted to a Christian college in California. So, so I'm cool. graduating this year and I'm looking for it. Thank you. So yeah, that's definitely something nice to know that even though I'm not finished with high school yet, I still have a prospective university that I can go to and still be ingrained in my faith. And also, as of yesterday, I started my first term as um, an inaugural member of the Provincial Youth Council. So I'll be working with the Premier, John yeah. Horrigan, and with fellow youth to you know, help make a difference and to amplify youth's voices in the community. And I think just one more thing that I'm looking forward to in 2021 is that my family and I are hoping to go to Zimbabwe and work nice. with an orphanage that we've been working with for many, many years. And, you know, getting the chance to see those kids who are going through a lot but are some of the happiest kids that I've ever seen in my life is really something that's heartwarming to me and that I'm looking forward to, COVID allowing, to be able to travel and help out over there. Yeah, that's so cool, Lexi. And, you know, I, I think of your life as being chock full of, like, really cool things and like kind of and, and really like integrating yourself into areas of our culture and our community that really need um, a Christian presence. Not that we're going to go everywhere and solve every problem, but I know that it's like our hope as believers to be in areas where um, typically the name of Jesus and even just a, a Christian ethic isn't really present. And so I love that you're getting into spaces that really need that voice and that presence. I love that you are aiming to be a voice for those who don't have as much of a voice. And so um, I know that through all this time, it hasn't been without challenge for you and for all of us, but I'm really encouraged by your story and by what you're up to in this moment and how, yeah, and how Jesus's name is being amplified through that. So I really Thank appreciate you, you. Yeah, I really appreciate you taking time to even just like give us a bit of a window into your life this morning. And it's really important kind of as we journey through, we're going to have a few other conversations. Um, they're not going to be face-to-face uh, -face like Lexi and I are having here. But uh, my hope is that as we have these conversations, that we're all inspired and we're motivated to, as we look ahead into the next year, follow Jesus in a deeper sense. And so... Um, can we just pray for you, Lexi, before we move on? Yeah. I just want to encourage you to just outstretch your hands uh, as we pray for Lexi. God, thank you so much for all that you're doing in Lexi's life. 
Holy Spirit, I just pray that you continue to use her in amazing ways. And Lord, as we move forward, would we all be provoked by your Spirit to be in the community? Jesus, you were in the community. So we look to participate ourselves. God, we thank you so much for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to jump into a conversation. It's actually going to be played on the screen, so you can turn your eyes to the screen. This is a conversation I uh, had with Allison and Joel Wagler. And the Wagglers are really amazing members of our community. Uh, They're people who inspire me in so many ways. And I just wanted to ask them a little bit about like some of their faith background, what they're up to currently and some wisdom and insight as we move forward into 2022. So uh, we're going to take a seat. And uh, I just, my prayer is that you just enjoy this conversation with Allison and Joel as well. Over the mountains, through the valleys, I will not rest but search east and west to bring you back to me. Welcome everyone to uh, our second conversation in our Sunday of stories. And today I'm with Allison and Joel Wagler, who are uh, wonderful members of our church family. And I'm just really, really excited to sit down and have a bit of a conversation and get a bit of a window into their lives. And so they're in the beautiful Sunshine Coast right now with uh, that scholarly background. And so we're just gonna dive right in. Allison and Joel, I'm really curious, and I think a lot of us kind of love to dip into this kind of conversation, but what were some of your early faith roots individually? What did that look like, and how did that form you into who you are today? Okay. Um, Well, I guess my early faith memories, I mean, I grew up in a Christian home, the oldest of four children, so I always had a kind of a a belief in God, uh, but God wasn't very active and present. But particularly when I went to university, I joined InterVarsity, and that was a Christian club on campus. And after my first year at UBC, I had an internship at New Beginnings Church. And that's really where I would say my faith took off because I saw a lot of uh, people my age who were passionate about Jesus and we saw youth's lives being transformed as they, as they came to know Jesus. It was just kind of a night and day difference. Like, you know, they were, you know, swearing and dishonest. And, and uh, then, then they, you know, for those who kind of accepted Jesus, it was just such a change in their, that you could trust what they had to say. And they were, they like cleaned up their language. And it wasn't like saying, you know, no swearing. It's just, it kind of naturally came. So New Beginnings has been like a key a uh, key part of my story about really coming to know the Lord and really seeing how God takes an active role in our lives. So. Yeah. And New Beginnings Church is in Vancouver, right? Yes, yes. Wow. It's that kind of, now it's that kind of commercial, it's roughly commercial in Hastings. It's technically, it's Woodland and Francis, but if you go, it's kind of really on the fairly, near kind of the downtown east side, but it's, we work with a lot of First Nations youth and and families and inner city youth. So that was came back years later to uh, doing youth ministry. So yeah, 
Beautiful, Joel. Thank you. Uh, as for me, you know, my faith roots are really right, right, right there, right here uh, at Calvary. Um, you know, I first heard, although I first heard about Jesus at at camp, um, I really my faith became rooted and established at Calvary um, as a teenager. Um, it became, that the building really became a second home for me, and um, the people were fam were my family, and so much of the foundations of my faith. Um, grew, I want to say here, because I feel like I'm in the building when I'm talking, yeah, yeah. Um, but not just a knowledge of who God was, but at Calvary, I really experienced the love of Christ and as in community um, through so many phases of my life, not just um, as a youth, but transitioning through ministry as a missionary in Ukraine, and then moving on through our time um, working for New Beginnings in the East Vancouver, and then back through all the way through to when um, we adopted our kids and now our kids being a part of the church and my son being a part of the same youth group where I started out as a youth, it, came, it kind of came full circle for me, which is really amazing where I started with Todd, Pastor Todd, for those old timers, um, yeah. as my youth pastor and now Reese is a youth pastor to my kids. So um, Calvary has been a home and a family and a church family for me right from the beginning all the way through to now. So um, it's really been, been my roots. Um, yeah. Here. Yeah. And I, I, one of the things that I've really come to know about Calvary since I've been on, you know, a little over a year now is that there are so many people who really attribute um, kind of that early faith formation and like I, to time at Calvary and a lot of people who I really know and love and respect really were kind of had come through Calvary during that time. And um, yeah, I just love Calvary's legacy of releasing uh, leaders into whether it's across the globe or locally. Um, thanks for sharing, Allison. Uh, just even kind of moving ahead a little bit to our current moment. Uh, what are you currently passionate about and up to? And uh, what does life look like a little bit? And how uh, how is your kind of your faith in Jesus intersecting with some of those passions? So one of the things we've been really passionate about is the idea of, of what I, I use the term loving local. And when I would, was in ministry, I mean, one of the things we were was like reaching out to our immediate neighborhood and, and the, and there were youth who would, you know, some be a few blocks away from the church, some who were just across the street, but they were all really nearby. Uh, so my current passion has just been our immediate neighborhood. We live in a condo and kind of around Lowheed Mall. And the passion is just really to build connections with our, our neighbors and, and just show them God's love. And, and what I believe is the more that we spend time with people and showing love and the more that we spend time with the Lord, when those two kind of things intersect, our kind of love for our neighbor and our love for God, they intersect. That's kind of where evangelism happens uh, but if we kind of don't either we don't kind of spend a lot of time with the lord in prayer and and praying for our neighbors and growing in our own walk or we don't spend time with our neighbors then we don't we lose those opportunities to show god's love so mm -hmm. i've had a number of conversations with neighbors not no dramatic changes but but often conversations of faith kind of naturally come up the more we live lives together with people in our our immediate neighborhoods so. That's yeah. my current current passion. Yeah, and 
I, I do believe that is something that so many of us can take and was just love local, especially during this time when we're kind of forced local a little bit, a lot of our travels restricted and our movement that we're used to. And so it's a really great word. Thanks, Joel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I think similarly, like, you know, um, I, I would say that, you know, my passion continues to be, um, my family and, um, you know, it's not easy, you know, for us as parents and, and, uh, like in our case, you know, um, our passion is a lot with adoption. I, we've adopted our three kids, um, mm-hmm. almost six years ago, um, in February to be six years and loving kids who've come from hard places, um, comes with its own unique sets of challenges, but all parenting comes with its own unique sets of challenges. And, you know, um, where does that intersect with faith is that, you know, I find that it's almost impossible to do that well. 24 seven day in and day out without having that intersect with your faith. Because I find that when I'm not doing it well is when I'm trying to do it in my own strength, because that either leads to pride that the show is all about me. And then I'm doing such a great job at doing this, or it leads to complaining and to me burning out or me getting really overly tired. But you know, when I'm doing it well, and when I'm letting it intersect with my faith, then that's when I'm pulling on God's strength and I'm letting him guide my decisions and letting him, um, lead me in his wisdom and where my faith is then interacting with really using those day-to-day interactions with my kids and with my community and with the people that we're in and having that infuse everything I do and whatever I do um, in everything that I do then that's sort of that's when you know we're all growing in God together and where God can be glorified in anything I'm doing in the day then that's where we're then I'm really walking it in sort of what God would have me do. Yeah. Then it really is, I'm living doing it well. Then I'm doing it well every day in God's strength. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so powerful. And it's like so incredibly applicable to so many of our lives. And especially just in, I find in this season for a lot of us where the output can be so much as we kind of reach the end of the year and we head into a new year. Um, so much of our uh, effort has kind of been spent, uh, whether it be in ministry or family or whatever, relying on the Lord through that. Such a valuable lesson. Last kind of question, uh, 2022, it's upon us. We're jumping right in. Uh, what are you excited about? What What is that going to look like for you and what's on your mind? Well, I think with COVID, I mean, we find that honestly, we can't really predict too far in advance. I mean, we look in the past and I mean, things have, I think plans have been foiled. And I remember in James, it talks about, don't say tomorrow, I will do this, but only if the Lord wills. So rather than kind of saying, like looking to the future and saying, well, I know this is what's going to happen. I mean, obviously we you know, work, work at a bank, we look after our family, our, our neighborhood. But in terms of that, what I rather kind of come up with three principles that I've kind of, mm-hmm. uh, that basically uh, are not necessarily new to 2022, but something that I really believe are kind of princ- guiding principles, if you will. And, and the first one is getting God's guidance and the idea that in whatever we do, whether it is uh, work, whether it's family, whether it's the community, we need to spend time with the Lord. Uh, we need to pray. We need to read God's word. We need to ask him on what he would have us do. And I think about the early apostles, that was their, their two focuses was on the word and on prayer, on the ministry of the prayer. And that was kind of the top values that they had. And I think as a church, often we underestimate the value of prayer. 
and seeking God's guidance. So to me, that's kind of one key principle. The second is family first. Uh, you know, as Allison has mentioned, obviously we've adopted our three kids and uh, how we live our lives impacts how they live their life. And that means that for me, any kind of ministry means, you know, seeing what they're involved in and maybe joining in with that or including them in, in ministry and in life and making sure that we don't get too busy for for our kids. Um, you know, so my work, my wife really loves my work at a bank because we have plenty of time with the family. So, so family needs to come first and needs to be forefront in all, in all our decisions that we don't sacrifice family for the sake of uh, work, for the sake of ministry, for the, for that we prioritize family and invest in these three kids so that, you know, ideally they will follow the Lord. And then really the, the, I mean, the third one I talked a little bit about was the idea of loving local, which is the idea that we love our neighbors, you know, our neighbor is the person next by so it's our neighborhood, and I talked about that, but also at work, showing kindness and compassion to my work colleagues and my, because that's, that's the area of influence that in some ways I've been given is, you know, my neighborhood, um, I spend a lot of time in my, my workplace, so. And for me, I guess in 2022, um, I've been leaning into just guys really been speaking to me about um, speaking life into situations whether it's to others or even to myself and a few weeks ago pastor dave was um, talking about not slandering each other and i really took that to heart not just not because i write write bad things to people on on facebook or something but you know i've just been thinking about how easy it is to kind of get riled up in our own circles Mm -hmm. um about issues or about people on other sides of issues but more than that god's been really challenging me to speak life beyond not saying something bad about people, but to speak life into people. And whether that be um, when God puts something on my heart to encourage someone, not worrying about whether they're going to take it the wrong way, but just really not hesitating to speak life to people. And also though, beyond that, to speak life into my, for myself, because this year, um, you know, there's been so many hard, dark days, I think in 2021, and it's easy to kind of, you know, um, you know, get stuck in that. And God has just been really speaking grace that it's okay to not have triumphed in every dark day in 2021. And that if we kind of like um, stumbled a few times in this past year, um, that's okay, that God wants me to speak life into those situations. And so, and I just want to encourage people that, you know, like if you're, if you're coming into 2022 and um, you feel like you've only just barely made it through 2021 that that it's okay to let God speak grace over that and to allow God to say you know what it's okay um and God just gave me this verse from Psalm um 34 that you know if I stumble that you'll not fall headlong because God holds my hand that God's still holding our hands and that even if there's dark days still to come in 2022 and it's okay if we stumble again because God's still holding our hands and we can just speak grace over those times when we've stumbled and that it's okay if we don't triumph every time because God's still holding our hands and to speak life over those moments. Yeah, wow, so great. And that's so profoundly encouraging for me. Even as we were sitting here, I found myself like just choking up, just feeling like such a hopeful and simple way to look ahead at the year, uh, even just through those reflections. And so um, even as we're listening as a church, would we just pause for a second and just reflect like, 
Holy Spirit, what are you trying to say when it comes to a year ahead? I think so many times we try and make resolutions um, and envision the year ahead. How can we include God in that? Yeah. Thank you so much, Joel. Thank you so much, Allison, uh, for giving your time and sharing a little bit of, uh, about your story and your life and sharing your wisdom with us. And so uh, allow me to just pray as we close and as we jump ahead in the service. God, thank you so much for Joel. Thank you so much for Allison. Would you provide for them in 2022? And God, as we continue to move forward in the service, would our hearts be provoked and softened by this conversation? All this is for you, Jesus. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We have one more conversation to go until we jump into a time of worship. And this conversation is with John and Joy Richardson. You uh, may have met John and Joy. They have been just a rock in this church and uh, a really valuable resource for myself and for Larissa as we kind of journey into our first year of marriage as well. My hope out of this conversation for you is that, again, you find that there's insight and wisdom for how to approach the year ahead. And that as we continue to hear stories, we reflect on our own stories and see the faithfulness of Jesus in our stories. So, got one more conversation in our Sunday of stories, then we'll jump into a time of worship. Let me just pray again before we head into this conversation. Lord, be with us. Help us to slow our minds and to receive what you have in store for us. Thank you for this time, Lord. Would you speak to us? Amen. Okay, here's the next conversation. Well, church, we are moving ahead with our Sunday of stories. And right now I'm sitting with John and Joy Richardson. John and Joy, it's really lovely to be with you and to have this conversation this morning. Uh, we want to have a little bit of a window into your life. And so um, tell us a little bit about your earlier years and your childhood, your upbringing and how those years formed and shaped you. Okay. Um, well, one, I'm one of five children, but I came along way after the first four. So I'm nine years younger than the last one. So basically, I was an only child, um, but my parents had the advantage of get practicing with four others first. <laughs> um, and so I grew up in a really quiet home. My folks were very calm and quiet. My dad actually had been verbally abused a lot by his dad. And so he chose to decide he would not hurt anyone with his words. And mm. so as a result, home was calm. It was safe. It was loving. And that was amazing because it gave me such a good, solid foundation. Um, they loved the Lord. They were very quiet about it. They didn't talk about it, but they lived it. So, for example, whenever we moved, my folks would purposely choose to buy a house within one block from the Baptist church. Actually. Oh. 
because he wanted his kids to be able to, well, they both did, to um, connect easily with the church and with youth group. So I saw that. Uh, we didn't ever talk about anything, any of our thoughts or anything below the surface or anything really meaningful. So I grew up having no idea how to communicate at all. Even I didn't even recognize my own feelings and thoughts. So that yeah. was interesting. So how, how it affects me now is that I'm a calm, quiet person. Um, and I've learned a lot as far as how to communicate, but mm -hmm. that's still um, something I'm working on. Yeah. Thanks, Joy. Mm -hmm. So my home was a little noisier and louder. Uh, I have uh, two siblings, a, a sister who's two years younger and a brother who's eight years younger. Mm -hmm. So uh, I think like Joy, he was a joyful surprise. Uh, and uh, added a lot to our home. So my folks both came from what were pretty dysfunctional homes. My mom saw her father and her oldest brother have a fist fight. Uh, my dad's home was pretty awful. Uh, and I think there was a certain determination on their part that their homes weren't going to be like that. Now, of course, they were both wounded people, so it, they weren't perfect homes. But again, my home was, my folks were together their whole married lives, and we had um, a pretty good situation, uh, very stable. My dad had stable work, and we had a home and lived long-term in a community. So all of that was a good basis. We attended church. Um, my whole life. Uh, neither my brother nor my sister have anything to do with church now, although interestingly, more recently with some of my health issues, my sister has said to me she's praying for me. So that mm. was, that's kind of neat to hear. Yeah, uh, yeah so uh, my parents each gave me a gift. My mom gave me the permission to cry, mm. which is huge for a man. And my dad gave me the gift of laughter. Hmm. And, uh, if you sat my brother and, and I down in particular, you would hear my dad <laughs> loudly. loudly. <laughs> yes. yeah. yeah. So, yeah, those were pretty good. Um, I was on my own uh, when I was about 18. My folks moved away. My dad took a job in Ottawa. And then I lived in residence and... Uh, so that's kind of my back. Okay. Well, thanks for sharing both of you. And if we kind of zoom in to our current moment, uh, what would you say are some of uh, the giftings that the Lord has given you? Superpowers, as some might say. <laughs> uh, and and how, how is God using those giftings and those abilities today in your life? Um, a couple of things that come to mind. I'll start with being a detail person. There are great strengths in being a detail person and great weaknesses. Um, but as far as the strengths go, it's really enabled me to be an organizer and a leader. 
And so when it comes to chairing a committee or organizing a schedule, you know, th those nitty gritty things, yeah. I can do that. So I've been able to be chair of the nominating committee and yeah. be involved in organizing our small group. So those that works. And our two daughters and their families were just able to come home for Christmas. So organizing meals for 14 for 10, you know, seven to 10 days. Yeah. Took that. Um, Another one is helps. I love helping people and I love listening to people. And that has really intersected with my faith in that um, I've found, I'm just giving an example here. One gal I hardly knew is dealing with cancer. So I just texted her and said, I'm praying for you. Well, then she got back to me with all the details. And so every you know few days, I'll just text and say, praying dot, dot, dot. And then she'll update me. And so we become much closer over this journey. And so that's been special. Um, another way is that um, for those of you who knew Joyce Bilton and Ruth Hodgson, God brought both of them into our families over the, our family over the years. And we were able to help them out in their last number of years. So those are two, two ways. Um, one of the things I found too, which I really appreciate God's insight in this is I'll start thinking, what should I be doing for God? What should I be doing? What should I do next? Who should I connect with? And then when I bring that to him and pray about it, Lately, God's been just saying, I have the people in your life that I want to be in your life. Live where you are, minister to them, love them, spend time, listen. And if I want you to be involved in something else or with other people, I'll let you know, I'll bring them into your life. Mm. So that's been a real freedom to be able to be content where I am and connect with the people God's brought into my life. Mm. And it's been just the sense of, of freedom of being yeah this is where he has me so yeah good thanks, <laughs> be here thanks Troy so if you can imagine me with uh, in in tights and a cape I know it's an ugly <laughs> with a big <laughs> T on my chest uh sometimes I'll call myself task man I love oh, little jobs to do and uh so where I can help out putting up a shelf or fixing something or other, that kind of thing. My dad always said, leave a place better, uh, better when you leave, like yeah. you come and you, you do something to help. Mm -hmm. And uh, like we stayed over at my brother-in-law and sister-in-law's and they had two sinks that were the, their levered plugs and the plugs wouldn't work. Well, one of them works now. So, yeah. So that's kind of the, 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 where I like to help with practical kinds of, of things. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, now with COVID, it's, of course, things have changed. You can't necessarily go and help a neighbor or whatever. Yeah. And with my health changing, I'm finding I'm much more on the receiving end of assistance. Mm. And I find that a little bit hard mm. and humbling and have to just be thankful that God sends along people. And the last several days with the snow, it was my sons-in-law in particular who were shoveling the driveway. Yeah. And I was very thankful for that and wishing I could get out and do it, but I have to be careful. So 
Yes. That's a whole new part of this. Um, Joy mentioned um, leading a small group, and we're part of a contemplative small group that is multi-denominational. Yes. So, um, in fact, there are two two of the women in the group are, are from Pastor Dave's previous church. Okay. It's, it's pretty neat. We had a little insight before he got here. That was yeah, scouting very, report. Yeah. Very, very positive. Yeah. Uh, and so that contemplative group has been wonderful for us because it um, we have a much stronger connection with the Lord and mm -hmm. we're, we're much more in a listening mode. We meet weekly. We meet three times a month on zoom and once in person uh, and actually at pastor uh, um, day's former church because it's big and in the sanctuary and we can space out. Yeah. And that has been a, just a rich experience for us and we've been involved a number of years now uh, and ended up helping to lead organizing schedules and that kind of thing uh, that are sort of part of our gifting as well mm, yeah and that has been a very rich time for us and just getting that strong sense that God loves us yeah. not to stress our sins not to stress that we're not perfect but rather that god loves us as we are mm. and accepts us and embraces us and uh it's such a blessing yes that sense yeah well, i appreciate you both being willing to answer that question i think it's really good for us to normalize kind of speaking out the gifts that the Lord has given us and how we use those in our daily lives. So as we kind of end this conversation, I really want to know we've landed in 2022. Who knows what this year will hold? What are you excited about as you look at the year ahead? That is a tough one in many ways, because with COVID, what we've learned is we're not in control of anything. Yeah. Um, with school suspended for the next week. We're not in control of anything. Mm -hmm. So when I look at what I'm excited about, it's um, something that can happen even in COVID. It's connecting in a meaningful way with both people and with God. Um, in the spring, we were involved in a prayer course at Calvary, and it was just so special to hear people's journey and to be journeying with them and pete greg gave us lots of ideas of new ways to pray new ways to connect with mm. god new ways to listen to god and it was so special and i still have you know a picture in my mind of elazar sharing and others sharing mm. and that was just cool and so i'm looking forward to hopefully opportunities at calvary to do that on zoom and um you know one-on-one -on -one. and also um i was doing really well earlier in the fall as far as having spending time listening to god and then when i was planning for everyone to come and had a house full that was really difficult so i have a spot downstairs where i can put on the 
fireplace and um, just, you know, be in silence with God and spend time in scripture. And so I'm looking forward to getting back into that as well. And if things open up, maybe travel to see our. Oh, yes. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So uh, we are, we've been part of different communities or are part of a few communities, Calgary being an, a very important for one for us because we've been there for over 35 years, I think, and mm -hmm. it's been so important, an opportunity to minister, but also to have been ministered to and our kids were ministered to as they were growing. So that, that's so important. And, uh, and then, of course, our family community, uh, we're quite close. We're in contact. Uh, the girls, uh, well, not as much in COVID, but every year they're, they got together either in Calgary or in Hamilton. Uh, mm. And uh, the girls would, will come here. They did actually this year come here and get together with uh, Steve and the two, uh, our two brothers-in-law and Steve, or sons-in-law, I mean, and Steve, get together on Zoom and and talk. Yeah. And fairly deeply. So yeah. that whole thing is a blessing. And like any family, we have things in our family, some issues with kids and that that are difficult. And so we're looking forward to see God do some things, um, draw our grandkids closer to him and uh, and really bless them in the midst of some of the struggles they're dealing with. Yeah. Um, and then church community, we're so excited uh, that we have new pastoral leadership and we're looking to see what God does at the church and how we can help with that. Uh, we're visiting remotely, but we were able to help lead that to prayer course earlier and we hope we can do something like that again. Yes. Yeah. And uh, then our other community is Keats. We have that cabin at Keats Island. Uh, and uh, that community is uh, wonderful. We've been involved with it since, what, 1972 or wow. longer than that, because Joy uh, attended the camp starting when she was eight. And I wow. became a Christian there when I was 12. So uh, a very important community to us. And, and so we have a lot of contacts with people there and, and are supporting and are being supported. It's a strongly Christian group of people that we're connected with there. So that also we're looking to see what God will do in the midst of, of that. And just yeah. an interesting comment there is that we've seen new staff become involved at Keats camps and just how God we can see God's hand in that and we can see God's hand Reese in you being at Calvary and pastor mm -hmm. Dave coming and Amen. Brenda, Aaron and, and, and so on. It's absolutely, I just love seeing how God moves. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, it's evident God's hand is on your life as a couple. Larissa and I, look up to you both immensely and we are really grateful as a church that you shared uh, some insights with us today um can i pray to close our conversation Thank you. please spirit of god i just ask that there was anything in this conversation that would be helpful or encouraging to us would you help it stick in our minds as we move ahead 
into 2022? Would we share our stories with boldness? Would we operate in our giftings and be led by your spirit as we head into a new year? Lord, thank you for John and for Joy and the gift that they are to our Calvary Baptist family and beyond. Lord, would you sustain them and give them peace in this next year? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.